Welcome to another Going Beyond the Scale. I am very excited to be here with my good friend and colleague, Liz, who Liz and I have done a podcast together a few weeks ago. I did a webinar with her. We actually live very close. And so we love being able to come back. And not only we like to chat, there's no two ways about that. But today what we're doing is we thought it'd be a little bit fun. We've asked some people that have had some questions to share a question with us. And this gives us an opportunity live to be able to hear what somebody's curious about. And if anybody has worked with a gazillion people, it's been Liz in all kinds of situations, all kinds of challenges. We know there's a lot of challenges going on right now all across the country. So uh, Liz, as always, thank you so much for your generosity of time of being here. Um, and anything you wanna say before we get this party started at all? No, it's just such a treat to be here um, with you as always. Uh, great to great to get to talk to you about, um, you know, just what it is to lose weight and to keep it off over time. I think that's everyone wants to know, like, how is it that I lost 65 pounds and have never gained them back? And I think um, I, I just want to share my knowledge as much and as far as I can, because I really believe it's possible for everyone. That's great. Well, it looks like we have our first person who is here. Um, some people like to be able to be on screen, some people don't. Um, so the first person we have today is Kim. Kim, are you there? Can you hear us? I don't hear Kim. Hold on a second. Let's see if she pops up. Oh, okay. I guess you're waiting for me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Very good, very good, Kim. So Kim, what is, what is your question you have for Liz today? Okay, well, well, it's, it's a little bit breaking up on my end, but That's okay. um, Go ahead. it's really nice to be able to be here and just to, to be able to um, ask Liz a question. Hi, Liz. Hi, Kim. Um, the question I have for you. Hi. Um, I'm very, I'm normally very active in my day-to-day -day, uh, role at work. And through COVID, I have experience the wonderful luxury of not having to be very active and stressing my my body which the, my activity during the day usually causes me um leg pain some minor back pain and um sore feet so anyway question to you since i have been quarantining and dormant almost immobile, enjoying being a couch potato. What's a good way for me who goes back to an exceeding active work style to go back to work in a way that I'm not cramped and sore and I can get back into it? Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you are enjoying the lap of luxury at this point uh, and that you have, you know, had some, some time to relax a little bit. I'm actually really encouraging people at this point to engage, engage, engage in mm -hmm. some actual physical activity. Um, I think that what I have seen over the course of these couple of months, you know, in the very first couple of weeks, people came out super strong. They were like, oh, this is not going to get me. I'm mm -hmm. going to exercise every day. I finally have time. I'm not commuting. I have a life that I got to live and it's coming back. And then as we settled into kind of an apathy, after about three, four weeks, I saw people really begin to kind of ap apathy and atrophy, if you will. Mm. Um, the, at, that I, they really, it went hand in hand. The, um, 
the apathy and the atrophy and and then even being just a little bit depressed, I think, because they weren't moving their bodies and they weren't feeling very positive about the end of this and how we were going to come out of it. And now about seven, nine weeks in, I started to see a real turn hmm. where people said, okay, I think I need to start thinking about this again. And, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but that's what I'm hearing in your voice as well. Is this okay? This was great. This is lovely. I, I, but I do need to keep my body healthy and strong. And I think if I were you, I would start to really engage with setting appointments every day for mm. some sort of actual, <laughs> I call it exercise. Um, exercise to me is different than movement. Um, because it stresses the cardiovascular system and it keeps our muscles from atrophy. And I want to have you in a position to be strong and healthy. Um, so I would say, you know, really begin to think about, there are so many resources at this point, amazing in-home resources. There are even workouts where you're, you're seated in a chair, right? And you're, you don't even have to get up from the chair to do the, the workouts. I have clients who do bed yoga. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I'm. You can start as small as you like, but I'm going to encourage you, as I encourage everyone, is like really think about this body as your temple and and keeping it strong and active right now. It's going to raise your mood. It's going to help you. Um, you know, just in the long term, stay healthy. There, there is some some proof too that you know having that exercise routine in place does ward off this virus slightly mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that you're um uh finding a path back and that path should be baby steps right if it starts with a, a few days of bed yoga and share workouts as you build that core back up um and then really i'd love to see you take that time that you're not working and really build this body up so that when you are back on your feet you don't have that back pain. You don't have that foot pain. So treat it as almost like a, a wonderful project, if you will. Um, just like I'm treating my little garden outside each day. I take care of it. Each day I water it. Um, I'm watching it grow. It's getting better every day. I want you to think that way, right? Just in, in baby steps, but really focus on getting those muscles back up and running. Yeah. Kim, that's a great question. I think it's one that I love, Liz, how you frame that too, because I, I know a lot of people, they were like maniacs, like this is the best thing in the world. I'm going to be doing everything. And I think that's also a good thing. And I know in your work, you share with people as well, um, instead of trying to like take off and change the world, all of your work, the Target 100 program is literally about those baby steps and each piece of the puzzle and not perfection. And some weeks and certain things are better than others, but you're right. I mean, I think we love the idea of being able to relax and rest. It's very important. We know it's, it's helpful, but I do think, I know I've seen for myself, um, my biggest challenges were all of a sudden when I would swing one way or the other, too, working out too hard or too little. So I think it's that, I think that's what I, one of the reasons why I love the work that you do and how you once again share with people is it's it's that kind of sweet spot in between, not yeah. too much, not too little. And, and it really, it, it's a great way to live. Thank you. It's It's really interesting. It's such a mindset. Thing. It's such a thing that like, you know, I just did a, I've just kicked off a, a round of, um, I do these courses, right, I, where I teach Target 100 in weekly live webinars. And I just kicked one off and was trying to speak to a, a large group of people that were following me. And um, I was trying to express what diet mentality is or what, what that kind of, that 
that thing where we say like we have this unnatural relationship with either food or exercise where yeah. where even those those thoughts where we say well it's okay i'll do better tomorrow mm -hmm. or we relate to yesterday as having been a bad day right, right. where right. We have this really unnatural relationship. I I literally was walking with my husband this this morning, and you know he's we've been married eighteen years, we've been together twenty one years. It's not like he doesn't know me, but we were chatting. He was trying to work on pulling back alcohol, mm -hmm. alcohol consumption had crept up on him, and he was like, you know, I just want to get it back to like where weeknights I'm really just not drinking. Yeah. You know, but this week I'll start with four nights, and he did it. He knocked it yeah. out. And we were celebrating that on our walk this morning. And uh, I said, that's so amazing, hon. I, I think that's really just great. And he's like, yeah, but secretly, I was thinking I was going to do better than that. And he's like, and and I said, wow, do you hear that? I said, mm -hmm. such an interesting perspective that secretly you, you set a goal, but in your mind, you had a different goal so you could negate yourself. Yeah. Uh, even for doing as well as you did today. I said, like... That's the embedded mentality that we have is even when we're doing well, we can't take that that positivity away from it. So that's why I think I'm so so trying to coach people to learn to set attainable goals, to celebrate themselves when they do that, because even if it was attainable, it doesn't mean it was easy. Right. You know, so and, and create momentum. Right. So that's sort of what I was saying to Kim is like, don't get up and say, like, I'm going to start exercising where I was, you know, at the beginning of this thing. And I'm just right. going to knock it out of the park. No, to treat yourself with care, um, but build yourself up and have have goals, but make them attainable and and small enough that you can step over the bar uh, while still having something in front of you. I want to really go back to what you said with what your husband had mentioned, because you know, as well as I do, one of my favorite quotes is what's most secret is most common. And it is fascinating what you said, where even when we're working, coaching, navigating somebody um, and they are successful. And like what you said in their mind, secretly, they, your husband told you, but so often people don't. And, you know, any of us that are secret eaters or any of those things like that secret stuff is the most challenging part. And I think that that's where, whether it's talking with somebody yourself or a friend or whatever, the more a person can get out of their head and share whatever, say what you said, what you felt, and then what else needs to be said. And I think that's that's gonna be a big distinction for people to really hear and pay attention to, because that's in your work all the time. You're always very clear, very honest. You give people room to not be perfect, and but you give them room to be honest, the honesty part with yourself and with others. It makes, it, it takes away a lot of the shame and the pain and everything else that goes along with it. So. Yeah. And, and I'm always operating from the place of brain science, right? Yeah. Like, so, so basically what my husband did was, you know, shamed himself for not doing better. Mm -hmm. we know that guilt and shame are going to activate the reward center of the brain. Yeah. Know this now, right? Yeah. So, so what is he going to do? You know, first of all, when you beat yourself up over having done a great thing, then you can't even feel good about it. So what are you going to do? You didn't do well enough. So why even try is the next. That's the next logical progression for most of us who've been in this diet world for as long as we have. The next logical progression is, oh, well, the scale didn't do what I wanted it to. So why even try? Oh, well, I thought I was going to do five and I only do four. So that sucks. So why even try? Right. People call it the all or nothing. It's really just a stepping stone pathway in the brain yeah. from guilt and shame to the reward center. 
yeah. guilt and shame to the reward center. So he feels guilty and shameful that he didn't do five instead of, he only did four instead of five. So what's he going to do? He's going to drink six days. You know? So it's, sure. it, begin to recognize it and go, wait, I did do something great. I don't feel guilty. I don't feel shameful. I feel proud. I literally said to him, I said, what if we just poured, this is why I, I was like, what if we yeah. poured all the alcohol you drank last week into a, 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 a jar? Mm the ounces sure stood it right next to the jar of ounces from this week right. the the difference would have been insane right. and for your body that was insane it was yeah. so great for your body and you want to drop it all out the window because you secretly thought you were going to even do better than that right that's great but really right. thinking about it in really visual terms right when yeah. you you know, see yourself going off track because of all or nothing behavior. But when you really look back at it, do you, wow, look, I did make a huge progress this week. Yeah. Um, I, I just, again, launched a new worksheet um, in this group that I'm running. And the, the worksheet is based on this kind of thing that I've been seeing for so long is my program target 100 has these six pillars where we're not just working on food, but mm -hmm. we're working on your water consumption, your movement, your exercise, your stress levels and your sleep. And I would see, you know, really see people begin to kind of put these things together and realize like, Oh my God, when my sleep is off, I eat like so much the next day. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, I never realized those two things were related. So I'm trying mm -hmm. to relate it all, right? And I in this new worksheet, I've laid out the week, the seven days, where you put in your carb count each of the seven days without any extra tracking, just the number of carbs you ate that day, yeah. just the ounces of water, just the number of movement, just the number of, and suddenly you can see the mm -hmm. so I make them average it. Yeah. Well, maybe one day they went to 125 grams of carbs, but another day they only went to 70. So when they mm -hmm. average it for the week, they see that they actually were really only around 90 yeah. every day for the week. Yeah, so instead right. of being like that one day that they went to 125 being bad, they can see it as an average mm -hmm. and they can begin to stop all of that all or nothing of one, one out outlier equals it's 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 not it's not enough to throw you out. What's enough to throw you out is guilt and shame about one outlier turning into something that then spirals into days and days or weeks and weeks of just not caring. Yeah. So um, let's see what we have for the next question. Who is there? Uh, do we have an audio? Do we have somebody to read something? I'm not sure. What do we have for the second question? The question is probably an envelope coming out of the envelope somewhere. <laughs> and the envelope, please. Okay, you, I guess you couldn't hear me. So nope. we have three. We actually have four write-ins. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to start with this one first. Was uh, but her name was Shannon. She actually asked it last week. She wants to know. I do great on food until a week before my period. Then mm -hmm. I cave mainly on sweets. How do I change this habit? Mm. Yeah, great. You know, I I am a woman, and I have been dealing with women for so long. Uh, and uh, what I have really learned is, so sugar is a demon, and once you let the door open to sugar, you're going to want more sugar. Period. Mm. End So the thing that will cut a sugar craving is protein and fat. So that. A craving is a craving. A craving is not a necessity. Uh, it is not a mandate. 
It is not, um, it, it's just not that you don't have to do it, right? I think I have, I have a few pieces of really strong advice for you because of the where we live and the day that we live in, a technology is amazing. I would definitely start using a period tracking app, hmm. right? Once you start using that app, I would start tracking the days that you get the intense cravings. They will be the same day. It will be three days before or two days in, or there will be one day. And it's only one day. Uh, what people tend to do then is on that one day, they say, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'm going to break it. Then they break it. They have some chocolate or they have a brownie and they stop and they grab a cookie. They open the door to the sugar. It's not that the sugar cravings go for the entirety of your period. They don't. There's one day where your body is a little depleted because it's working really hard to shed the lining of the uterus. So you are depleted. But what you actually need are proteins and fats. Hmm. But the body's going to make you think like just it, it tells you just eat something and you think that you want sugars. So if you can begin to really get scientific about your own period and really look at it, right? As I say, the, the app I use is called Glow. It's amazing. Uh, they have so much artificial, artificial intelligence uh, that they're actually helping people get pregnant now. They're, they're, they're mm -hmm. people to really look at their cycles and and um, and changing people's lives. It's an incredible app. It's free. Um, but what you'll start to notice is you've got to get to know. For me, it's the day before. For many women that I talk to, it's the day after it starts that it gets the worst. So hmm. once you know that day, you can say, I know that that day, because your, your app will project it for you. It will say, your period's coming on June 7th. And you'll know, and even the app will tell you, because you can put notes in it, that on June 9th, you're going to really be craving sugar. Mm -hmm. On that day, I need you to, number one, just say no. <laughs> like, it's it's okay. Drink extra water and really think about protein and fat that day. So when the sh sugar cravings are really strong, I go for something like cheese and nuts and an apple as my snack, right? I'd up that fat intake. I'd get some avocado and put it in my eggs in the morning. I would, um, you know, just for dinner, if I was making a salad, I'd put extra olive oil on there. Um, and I would probably use some sea salt, right? You're mostly like looking for iron too. Mm -hmm that point. So physiologically, there's a lot going on. Um, you are experiencing it as a craving for sugar. And then you give into the sugar, which just opens the door to the sugar. Right. Yeah, that would be my that's what I've really learned from from working with so many women um, and, and from my own personal body um, as an experience. But um, also don't the, the environment that you live in and I think Jay, you can really speak oh, to this. Yeah. Is, if you have it in the house on June 9th, you're dead. Yeah. You're not gonna make it. <laughs> so use the app to make sure that on June 9th, you got nothing. Okay. Wow. Don't have it in your house. I'm not some sort of wonder woman. It's not that I don't, you know, if my cravings hit and I had the cupcakes that I love in my house or the cookies that I like or even anything remotely that is uh, remotely good, I will go for it out yeah. of this feeling of need. There's a feeling of need on that one day that that, that right. the cravings hit. But yeah, your environment, set it up correctly at that time. Tell your husband, don't bring me chocolate. Tell your friends, I'm not going out to lunch, you know, like when we used to go out to lunch, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
love that. That's great. Yeah. So what do we have for the next question? That was great. That was very helpful. I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people. Good. Oh. Hi, Jay. Hi, Liz. This Hi. is Kelly. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much. And thanks. I've been listening. And what you've been sharing has been amazingly powerful. What Kim had to say about exercise. So here's my question. My husband and I, at the beginning of the year, January 1st, made a choice to um, have a plant-based lifestyle. Mm, great. And what's great is, as I read in your book, and it's awesome, that habit just became natural. And so we're excited. And one of the things I will tell you, our brains being really clear as far as like memory, not losing words, all of that feel great. Wow. And we actually don't even have meat in the house. So it's kind of funny. So no going back. And here's the challenge. Do you have any ideas for those of us on a plant-based lifestyle on how to really navigate and keep our carbs at 100 because we've done great with that and what we see now is sort of like you know the habit for next we've got the water we've got the breakfast got all that thank you yeah it's wonderful so next is how do we manage plant-based lifestyle and a choice Mm. and get to our 100 um, carbs a day are you finding that you're going way over 100 yeah and well one we're having covid Fun time. So I will admit that one of the places where haven't been great has been sort of managing the sugar intake. There you go. And as you probably know, plant-based, it's so easy. So easy, yes. To come into the world of carbs. Yes. Um, So I'm just looking for some great options on higher protein, Mm -hmm. lower carb alternatives. Great. Well, I think I think you kind of just answered my question for me. Like, <laughs> why I love to like just ask one open-ended question and uh, you know find out just a little bit more. I would say that's that's what I see in in my practice in myself for all of these years. Uh, and I'll use just like something like intermittent fasting as an example. Okay, so I will have people come to me and say, I've been intermittent fasting, I only eat uh, in a six hour window, and I, um, I'm not losing any weight. And I'm like, Okay, so how's that? What are you eating in that window? Anything I want. Anything, anything I want. (laughs) So I'm just gonna kind of lay it out there gently of like, sometimes what I see, when somebody goes to a plant-based life is that for the beginning, they're feeling really, they're like, look at me, I did this thing. And you should, you should be really proud of yourself. Now it's time to get real about the intake of sugar. Right. Because I, I honestly, when, when you really look at a plant-based diet, um, you know, you can, you can eat, actually, are you eating eggs? Some people do. No, we're not eating whatsoever. Okay. okay. Um, so I think looking at, uh, beans and salads and greens and, and even tofu and things like that, we can have, you can have, you can really land in that area of 100, but you're going to have to kind of rein in the sugar. And I think you should be proud of yourself, but I think I call it, I don't know, I don't know what the right word would be almost like, um, when you're proud of yourself, uh, you know, and so you treat yourself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Is that what ha- is happening a little bit? 
Yeah, and actually part of it is kind of the whole, I, I would say part of it's COVID cocooning. So I have, and it's been a little bit fun. So one of the things that I've discovered is it's really, you know, if you're going to have, I'm learning, like if I'm going to have bread or say pizza, yeah. I'm making it. So that that's sort of my way of feeling like I'm good because I'm making it and it's not processing. But the reality of it is as we kind of trend. So I would say part of it was somewhat indulgent, somewhat you're in the house, you're kind of like, you know, needing to create. So that being said, it's like, oh, that's fine. And so what that it's a homemade tree, really, if we want to keep to the hundred which is really the commitment. It's like, okay, what are those options that we could go to? And, you know, I've done keto before I had done high protein. I know. Yes. Like, unfortunately you can eat like a pound of bacon, no carbs, blah, blah, blah. So in this plant-based life, knowing what those go-to proteins with not lots of carbs, it's not, I'm not as facile with it. I would say, you know, I I eat plant-based probably 60% 60% of the 60 to 70% of the time, I would say that that thought process around, you know, even your morning time, I, a lot of times I'll have, I'll even make a, a really high um, quality plant-based protein shake and mm-hmm. I'll nut butter in there. I'll put a tablespoon of nut butter, a huge handful of greens, uh, a few blueberries to sweeten it up, some ice and some water. And that's a great way to boost your protein is to get a high quality protein shake. Um, nut butter in general, um, you know, even just switching over if you thought like, hey, I'm gonna have oatmeal for breakfast, but put a tablespoon of nut butter in there, that mm-hmm. ups your protein and your fat. So it keeps you just a little bit fuller. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, I love that you're making pizza. I, I, you know me of all people, I'm like, eat all the things, love your life, but do it correctly. So make that beautiful pizza, but then make the most amazing salad you've ever made in your life. Mm. Get creative, put beans and nuts and beets and goat cheese and, you know, whatever it is that you will put in there, mm-hmm. you know, then have a slice or two of the pizza, but majority salad, right? Mm, right. About how you take in your indulgences, I think is going to be the key to you staying at that 100 and still love your life. And remember 100 ish, right? That's that key is like, if you're at 110 and you're losing weight, go for it. Like, that's what I'm trying to encourage you to look for is what is my formula? Hmm. Awesome. Thank you. This is great. Thank you. That's great. That, you know, it's interesting because um, I love that you shared the thing with intermittent fasting or keto or X, Y, Z. And I think that's one of the things I know. I definitely learned it from being on Biggest Loser. Um, it It is the kind of thing. And after Biggest Loser, it, you can come up with whatever particular plan you're, you're you're working with. But back to the thing like the secret stuff that we talked about before. Yeah. Or the yeah. honesty, um, you really do need to have some place in which you have a plan this i love the fact like what you said when we're doing things we feel better about uh you know you do feel like you're going to treat yourself and you kind of feel rewarded uh, but but i have found and i think you know the same thing too you literally can have your cake and eat it too you can have anything yes um but i do think that part of it is too it's a lot easier if you start to do some of the thought process ahead of time, some of the meal planning, some of the what's your week looking like. I only know for myself when I leave it up to my emotions, feelings, stress level, 
it's so easy to just like not make that choice. But if I know in the morning I'm exercising or I'm moving or what dinner is going to be, it's when I get to the place, I'm actually looking forward to it. If I don't know where I'm going with it, it's the wheels fall off and it's not a pretty picture usually. So, yeah. Well, and I think I, that's why I love your Facebook feed so much. Like I really enjoy it so much, not only for the coffee and the books and all the other stuff, but you really post amazing things that you're eating, like uh, amazing things that no one would say, like a man who's maintained this much weight loss should be able to eat right in the real world. They're like, I'm sure he's just not able to eat anything, but you right. show people. And I, I, I do the same thing. I'm like, okay, yeah. If I want to have it though, I'm going to have the best and I'm going to plan it and I'm going to find it and I'm going to make love to it when I'm eating it. Like it's going to be obscene. Right. Like it's not going to be me mindlessly having some of the chips ahoy in my freaking pantry. Right? right. So you come to this place of appreciating that you can have your cake and eat it, too. And that I try to express to my clients like I call it BS eating mm-hmm. like like a day like today for me, for instance, like I've got a full day. I exercised this morning. I've got nothing going on tonight. Like I it would be kind of BS for me to make mistakes today. I have healthy Mm -hmm. food in my house. Like why even like it's a work day, you know, it is Memorial day weekend. And I am really looking forward to the fact Mm -hmm. that I have this amazing barbecue. I'm going to make my famous brownies and I'm going to have one on Monday, but not today. I mean, it's like, that would be such BS. Like, so don't don't do BS eating. Like just because, because like really Mm -hmm. think about what you want and what you need, not, and want versus need, right? Yeah. Like, you know, this, that's, I want that brownie and I'm going to put it in my life. I don't need it, but I want it and I'm going to have it. And I'm going to find a way to have that. I think that's really important. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's great. Okay, let's see what we have. That was a great couple of great questions and answers here. What do we have that's up next? Glory, do you have the question? All right. So, one of our watchers on Facebook mm-hmm. is asking, asked a few minutes ago, she's interested in knowing how do you build your own support network? Mm. That's a great question. Great question. Wow. Um, so I think um, it's so interesting because I think in our gut, we know uh, that of the people in our lives that are truly supportive of mm-hmm. us. Right. I think you kind of know. Right. You get you get this kind of gut feeling about like where I should go. The friend that I'm I'm I am healthy around or the friend that encourages me to be healthy. Right. right. Um, I think that I think thinking through on an honest level, like how somebody makes you feel and who can you be honest with. Um, I also think there are incredible resources right now, you know, uh, Facebook groups you can join, um, great uh, support communities. I know we have one in Target 100 program. You've got great pages that are places where people can get that support. Um, uh, I think also it's it's something that is... I'm trying to think of like the right word to say, but I think it's something that you also have to find inside of yourself. Right. Sadly enough. I always say this, like uh, you've got to learn to be your own support network on so many levels. Like you do have to learn to be your own police officer. You do have to learn to, um, you know, not rely on 
on an external source, right? but really bring it in and be your own support network. So I think there's got to be some sort of hybrid of both things, but, um, you know, how you go about finding those people, I think, is being truthful and honest about how people make you feel. I, I'm thinking about you, Jay, on, on Biggest Loser. I'm sure that there are people you still are in touch with because they were such an amazing support for you. And yeah. there are people yeah. that you're like, if I ever see them again, I'd yeah. rather die. Like, I don't yeah. even want to ever see them again. So so I think my answer is two-pronged. I think mm-hmm. You've got to look for some external. I always say this even about my husband and I, you know, we support each other and everything and we're even supportive here, but we can also bring each other off track very easily. He says, hey, lady, let's have, let's go out and get that ice cream sundae. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't even thinking about an ice cream sundae, but suddenly I am. Right. So so I just kind of want to be honest. Like if I'm not strong within myself about what I want and what I need and how I love myself, I think that is the support network that everyone's looking for is true love of themselves. Right. Like, not like I love me. <laughs> like, no, no, really I do. I love me. I want to take care of me. I have um, connection to myself. Mm-hmm. I think that that comes from, for me, it comes from meditation. It comes from exercise. It comes from spending time around the right people and not wasting time on the wrong people that deplete me. So, I mean, I think this is probably more more of an answer than you were looking for, but <laughs> it's pretty deep to me. It's not just like, hey, hey, can I just find the right Facebook group? There are great groups and you've got to find those for the tips and the tricks and maybe even a friend that you'll find out of that group. But as I say, like, I think, Jay, you could speak to this after yeah. support network after support network. Yeah, I think one of the things that, that um, like what you said, bottom line is still always going to come back to yourself. You still have to be the person put on the oxygen mask. You need to take care of yourself first. I think the other part that, that I've learned over time is you also, in addition to finding your support group of people that will support you, you also need to be respectful back to what you talk about a lot, Liz, about environment. There are people in your life that are watching you. And there's people in your life that feel uncomfortable if you're doing something different. And you actually need to be courteous and kind to them and say, whether it's a wife, it could be a child, it could be a friend. Like, I just want to share with you, I'm in a space right now that I want to make a change in my health and well-being. I'm going to be doing a little bit more exercise. I'm going to be eating a little bit differently. And I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I want you to know, like, share with me if there's something. Because I will tell you, if there's one thing that I learned a lot after coming back from Biggest Loser was we all came back into it in an environment and that environment initially people were excited because you're on TV and stuff like that. And they think that's something that like, it's exciting. People love TV stuff. And then that goes away. And then what happens is people would start to feel like, well, you're judging me. We're out there. We're no one's judging anybody. It's like, I'm ordering this because I kind of wanted that. And so you have to have a conversation, whether it doesn't matter what program you're doing, whatever that is, you want to be like what you said, you want to be your own support. It's important. Find other people who can support you too. And then also be kind to others. And you may find that, you know, somebody's like, I can't stay on this planet because my husband or my wife or whatever. Well, it's a whole thing you have in your mind and you're not being respectful to them to even give them the courtesy of the conversation because they might be like, you know, thank you for that because I'm really, my head's not there. I really don't want to do that now. I don't want to take that walk. And I'm glad you are. And thank you for not making me feel uncomfortable. So I think it's a it's a two-way street in that conversation is why I think it's important. Oh, I love that answer so much, Jay. Like I was like, oh, I forgot that part. Who knew that part? <laughs> 
<laughs> communication. I learned it from you too. You tell me the same thing. Communication, like communication in an open way, right? Where it's where it's really just like I just want you to know what I'm doing and what I'm thinking and why I'm doing what I'm doing, and I don't want to scare you with the changes that I'm making or make you think I think you need to make those changes. I think especially in a marriage, that's a really important conversation to have. Um, is to say like, hey, you know, this is what I, I'm going to be doing. And it's really just all about me. And and you don't have to do anything differently. Like right. sometimes my husband will say that, like he he can get away with drinking more nights than I can. And he'll say, it's okay. It's okay if I have a drink while you're not having one tonight. And I'm like, yeah, it's got to be. It's got, I mean, I can't sit here and be like pulled off by, you know, I can't do that all the time. I have to be solid enough you know, and I, I thank him for asking me, but I also have to be like, no, I, I really, it's totally fine. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing, but you know, we're communicating all the time about it. Yeah. So Gloria, I think we have time for maybe one or two questions. What do you have there? Okay. So we actually have three more questions. We're trying to be Oh, okay. okay, so then, so the next two kind of go hand in hand. Okay. Um, there were people who actually posted in the Target 100 group, Liz. Okay. Um, and it, it really revolves around menopause. Mm. Um, once you're going through menopause, how do you get your waist back? How do you handle it? And then the other question was, um, like, what do you do to lead up, like, as you're going into menopause? So just a general, I guess, maybe talk to the whole concept of menopause before, during, and after. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, It's such a confusing time and it's such a place where, um, you know, things are changing so rapidly for people. Um, I think what I've learned and I started working, I I always love to use the example of Katie Couric, who was one Mm -hmm. of my first really intense, like she was perimenopausal when we started. Um, She had been used to being very athletic and having a very, you know, great waist and things like that. And things just started shifting for her. Um, When we really dug deep, and this is what I've learned, and and I personally am perimenopausal, I'm 49 years old. So I'm I'm already experiencing a lot of what you guys are experiencing out there. Um, What I really experienced with Katie and with most of the women is that lifestyle factors that were, they became professionals early in life, then they had children, they got married, they got a home, they got all these responsibilities, Mm. took all of these hours out of their day. And even though they thought they were active, they were just busy. Like I give a great example in my book, Target 100, of this woman who thinks she's so active. And literally you look at it and you'd be like, who can even survive this day? But when you really look at it, she's basically seated the entire day. Mm. And so I would I would really encourage the thing that I have seen, and I have a lot of, lot of, lot of perimenopausal and menopausal women, I can change your life right now. You need to understand high intensity exercise whatever that means for you. And I'm, I'm not saying you have to get out there and do hit like jump exercises and break your back because we are changing at this point. But exercise number one is gonna increase bone density. Mm-hmm. And you need to touch on some high intensity intervals, whether that's walking at a super brisk pace to the point where you are sweating and panting, what I did with Katie Couric is she was doing like Pilates and yoga, which I think are super important at this age. Right. But when we got her into spinning, oh my God, everything changed. 
everything changed. We built back the lean muscle that had atrophied over the last 10 years. We just totally changed her metabolic rate. We totally got her into a space where she could, you know, really see the changes back in her body. This is not a done deal, guys. You can look around. There are women in their 50s and 60s yep. and 70s who look freaking awesome, but you got to keep the high intensity exercise. So if whatever that means for you, I mean, as I said before, gosh, there, there are some women out there like YouTubers that have chair exercise, especially if you have, a, you were 50, 55, 60, who have knee injuries and back injuries, and you can't even do regular exercise. This woman, she will make you want to kill her. You'll be like, I am sitting in a chair sweating like this. Like, yeah, no, you can do amazing things in amazing different ways. I also think weight training, weight training, weight training, weight training, weight training. I can't say it enough. You've lost so much lean muscle that that's why you're not being able to get away with the food. It's just atrophied so quickly, especially with the loss of the estrogen and the loss of testosterone. So um, there is some research now. And just so you ladies all know, there is a phenomenal couple of studies that have come out, ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. uh, that you can be as fit into your 70s as you were in your 30s. There is nothing holding you back except lack of activity. So I think what, what you want to focus on is higher intensity. And don't go there right away. Remember my baby steps, right? If you're just walking now, that's great. Or if you're just doing yoga and Pilates, that's great. But start to investigate what that next step is for you. Maybe you hire a personal trainer, even on Zoom, to help you get the right form. But you start to do even body weight training exercises, push-ups, sit-ups, um, you know, squats, lunges, things that will begin to kind of build, you know, that, that, that strength back, um, because that is the key to getting your waist back. That's great. That's a great answer. And, it, and it's great, Liz, as you know, I work with a lot of people at the, at the Summit Wide. Yes. And without a doubt, it doesn't, I will tell you that um, I've worked with women of all ages and all abilities. And quite frankly, this is it right here. And like what you said, it does not have to be hard, but it has to be started. And somebody that can be there to support you, a trainer or a, a group class, a spinning class, whatever. Um, if you just keep doing the same kinds of things all the time, it's not bad. It's better to do something than nothing. Yeah. But don't ask for a change in how you're going to feel if you're not willing to make a change in your, what you're doing from a movement perspective either. So that's great advice. That's that's excellent. Really good. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I've been doing kickboxing for like the last couple of years. And, and it's really just kept me in some of the best shape of my life. You know, like, um, but then we lost all that three weeks ago, you know, three months ago. And I was so upset and so angry. But because I have the skills that I have, I went about finding new resources and yeah. like, found these amazing boot camps on Peloton app, started doing the Orange Theory at Home YouTube channel. And literally just this morning, I did a boot camp and was like, I'm really grateful for COVID because I discovered some new amazing things. And what I thought about in my exercise this morning was, I had no idea what was coming next in this workout. Mm -hmm. And my brain was working. It was really yeah. working. And I could feel, especially in our, you know, heading into 50s, our cognitive synapses right. need 
to be worked in exercise. You need to cross the body, right? You need to cross your right arm to your left leg, and you need to do all of these things in different planes of movement to keep your brain active into the later years of your life. So I just think I'm going to encourage you to find your resources. They're incredible online resources. You can work live online with amazing coaches. It's, it's totally, everything is available at this point. That's great. We have two questions that were there and combined into one. We got one more, Gloria? We have one more. It's, okay. I saved it for the last because it's more like go. a way of wrapping it up. This one's actually for you, Jay. Uh -oh. um, someone by the name of Hannah wants to know, <laughs> you know who Hannah is, um, how do you stay so young? Oh, wow. That's easy. That's simple. It's just a... The, the easiest way to describe that is I say to people all the time, and it's the weirdest, here's what's the weirdest part for me. I'm looking at myself here, and it's like, I will be 63 in two months, okay? That's such a weird number for me to say. And I, I, I have to be honest, I was what I would call senior phobic, because I was like, in my mind, I don't want to be, lit. and here's what I really learned, is that as long as a person doesn't let an old person in to their thinking, you will never be old. You just really won't. And so it's not as you get older that that changes. Quite frankly, it's when you're younger and you stay in that mindset. And you also, quite frankly, um, I am grateful and thankful that I'm here. Mm -hmm. uh, not everybody is here. You know, people leave. and what. So when I started to see, I started to think I don't want to get older. And when you're going like, that doesn't make any sense because if I don't get older, I'm not around. So what I think that's happened is it's my thinking, it's my beliefs, it's the people that I hang around with. Um, I think it's a positivity thing. I try to come from in my, I love my wife. She's wonderful. We've been together since we were 18. We've been married for 40 years. Um, and she's knows that for me, I like to come from yes. We could get to the no, but if we come from yes and like I at least know we have an opportunity. I don't start with no and don't start with maybe. Like start with if there's something that we could do, we can get to the no, but start from yes. So I found that the people that I most admire, the people that I, I feel like are mental mentors, um, people like yourself, Liz, like when I, I would never spend my life energy being with somebody other than you in terms of these conversations because you come from a place of what's possible, what can be done about enjoying it. It's not a diet mentality. It's not like you got to balls to the wall, kill yourself, actually, like none of that. And I think that when you've talked about resources, mm -hmm. what I would say is any resource that's out there that gets you to come from a place of what's possible and how you want to create an amazing life and a life that's sustainable, that's a good place to start from. If it's always about you can't do this and you can't do that and you have to actually, like all that stuff, it might sound nice, but it's not going to be sustainable. So Hannah, thank you for that question um, because I know for myself it's coming from a place of gratitude. It's coming from a young mentality. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important for people to embrace because um, – I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Why let an old person, and I mean that, I don't mean old in a bad way. I just mean old from I can't and I won't and I, I was and it, I used to be like that whole stuff. I see people every day, 80s and 90s. I had two, it was the cutest thing in the world. I had two people come in to me, 96 years old, wanted to do their body composition. Like you'd be like, somebody would be like, why are they wasting their time? 
they've always been that way their whole life. They were, they loved their life. They were curious. Uh, recently, we, were, we um, interviewed a woman that was 102 years old that won the 50 meter run and the 100 meter run. And she didn't start running until she was 100. Now she was a bicyclist. But what was fascinating was the big question that I learned from her or the big answer that I got from her was she was an avid reader all her life. She read to her kids. She wrote letters. She and her husband would read to each other. So when you were talking about cognitive, Liz, everything about her, her life was she's kept her brain active and active and, and, and alive. So I think that um, it's like what we're doing today. Be in a conversation. Look for what's possible. Surround yourself with positive people. Be grateful for the life that you've got. I mean, especially in this time, there's been people that are healthy people. We thought it was just only people that weren't healthy. We've seen very healthy people pass away. And so I think one thing that I will say that I got out of COVID was that uh, I think every person, good, bad, or different, got a sense that we do have a mortality. At some point in time, it's going to be gone. And I do think in the people that I've talked to, I think there's a lot more people that are like, hmm, maybe the way I was living, maybe the way that I was eating, maybe the way I was waiting for something to happen future in my life. Maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I want to start from a place of like what's possible. We're going to get through this. But I think what's going to happen is there's going to be there's a lot more people that are much more thoughtful in the way they're speaking to other people. There's always people that are not that way. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot more people that are really realizing and grateful for where they're at. Um, so thank you for that question. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to wrap this up. I, I want to be able to also thank Liz, as always, for her generosity of her time. Um, the way that she works with people, please follow her. Take a look at her Facebook groups. Do yourself a favor. Buy her book. Um, because it's really, it's a ground, it's, it's, it's really a foundation. There you go. It's a foundational book. It's baby stepping. It's going to be there for you. Um, it's very much of a yes. It's a yes book as a possibility, whether you are plant-based or you're keto or you're XYZ or whatever, it's a way to live your life. And for me, why I loved it was, um, my mantra and what I work with people is to create a life that they love and to live it well. And I know my friend Liz, that her life is the life that she loves. She lives it well. She lives it well for other people. And Liz and I will be back at different times to share more information. Um, so I'm going to, now I'm going to try to be quiet, Liz. I'm going to let you close this out instead of me. So you're going to close this out and and uh, then we'll, we'll go on and everybody go on about their weekend and their Memorial Day. So yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I just, it's always such a joy to be here with you and I feel grateful every time uh, I remember uh, us being connected and uh, that we have this friendship now and that hopefully together we can just continue to impact lives. Um and uh, really change people's way of thinking about this process and and bring them, as you say, to go beyond the scale and get across that finish line. Love it, love it. Thank you, Liz. Have a great Memorial Day weekend and I look forward to being back with you again.